and gentlemen, welcome to America's Auto Enthusiast Program. This is Auto World. And now, here's your host, Bob Long. Yes, indeed. Welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for joining me here for another hour of Auto World. And what an hour we've got lined up for you, because standing by is one of my favorite guys in the automotive world. He's a fellow alumnus, like myself, of Motor Trend where he was uh, executive editor and senior editor and uh, editor of uh, Motor Trend Classic and uh, definitely uh, has been around the Motor Trend uh, bandwagon for, for quite some time, but now he's moved on to other things. He also is a noted author and a broadcaster with the Speed Channel, and uh, Matt Stone will be joining us momentarily. Also coming up in the latter half of the hour, we'll be joined by a representative of a, uh, a company with a brand new product. I don't know anything about it. It's called Wash Drops, but we'll both hear about it here together. Telephone-wise, you can get a hold of us at the usual number if you have a question for any of our guests or myself, we'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231. Uh, Matt is standing by at our network headquarters. You can uh, uh, be rest assured that you will be uh, taken care of right off the bat there because Matt is uh, one of the best in the business. So 800-259-9231 or you can email me up boblongradio at yahoo.com. Right now we go out to California and welcome the esteemed automotive journalist, author, and broadcaster Matt Stone back to Auto World. Matt, how you doing? Doing fine, Bob. How are you? I'm doing fine, hanging in there, and uh, lots of cool things to talk about, including uh, you recently had a chance to drive a, a very cool car, and that's the uh, new E63 AMG from Mercedes-Benz, and you did a piece for, I believe, Edmunds.com on that. Uh, tell us about the E63 AMG. Well, true enough, Bob, if you like big, bad sedans, <laughs> this is a big, bad sedan to be reckoned with. Uh, the, the E-Class, as everybody knows, is the mid-sized Mercedes-Benz, and uh, the E63 AMG is the hot rod model, although they have changed up their philosophy and their nomenclature just a little bit. The last one was a 6.3, or actually 6.29 liter naturally aspirated V8. They have uh, changed up their philosophy. They feel in the name of greater... Whatever might have to be on your mind. What I wanted to start out with tonight is an update on something we talked about last month. And you can see over, if you go to freetalklive.com, of course, you know as always, you can control the content of the site. You can add different uh, show prep suggestions to it and then vote on what other people's uh, suggestions are. But if you visit freetalklive.com, you'll notice something new. In the left-hand uh, column, it's a chip-in. And it's a temporary chip-in. It's not going to be there all year or I think we're up. I <laughs> couldn't tell you for sure. Woo, that was fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that's what they mean by technical difficulties, folks. Uh, you know, sometimes these things just happen. The little gizmos. We yeah. we roll with it. Yeah, yeah. Little gizmos don't do what, the, <laughs> what you thought they were going to do and have to be reset and things like that. So uh, uh, my apologies. Uh, it is uh, you're listening to the live. <laughs> and so Free Talk Live didn't leave them alone ah. just to scrap it out on their own. Um, uh, Michael Savage offered a million dollars to Newt Gingrich to get out of the race because he was going to mess it up for now we're for, playing the uh, refeed again i have audio on here gcn um are we good to go board up just come on and so, tell me i'm on the air if you would 
assume that we are ready to go here. It's uh, 855-450-3733. This is the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. We are definitely having some... Possibly uh, live, yeah. <laughs> the possibly live Sunday edition. If you're listening, we're certainly alive. Um, <laughs> hey, sometimes it happens live. in radio. <laughs> What's that? Are we on? We're live. Yes, yeah, we're live. Okay, great. Thank you. Yay. 855-450-3733. Thank you, Charles, for solving our little technical difficulty there. Um, this is the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Stephanie. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733 and uh, you know, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We also have a completely interactive website where you can go and upload stories, blog posts, news articles, videos, whatever you want to link to. You can do that at uh, freetalklive.com. People will vote up your entry, vote it down. You can do the same with others, and that's how we make this uh, that, that website work. Lots of people go there, and you can get your news stories seen by lots of folks. Certainly more than, say, your Facebook feed page thing. So um, Probably true, yeah. yeah. Probably. I mean, there's somebody out there that really has a bunch of people. <laughs> I don't know how that works entirely. 855-450-3733. Now, Stephanie, I know you don't spend a lot of your time watching these debates that uh, go on with the uh, presidential <laughs> yeah, thing. Funny. But um, <laughs> one thing I'm reasonably certain of is that the uh, Republicans are going to pick somebody to be their uh, nominee. That is true. Sometime in the next uh, in this uh, next few months. I, I feel kind of like I have to defend myself a little bit here. I mean, I <laughs> well, not no, not really. I mean, not not like I'm being attacked, but I mean, the reason I don't pay too much attention to like the political debates and stuff is because you know, I, I it just doesn't. It's not good for my mental health. I think you know, it's just not something I'm too interested in, and uh, I I don't you know, it, I don't follow it for that reason. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's immoral or anything you know like a lot of people get worried about that the you know not for me plugged from the news for a um more than a full year at one point and you know there's some value to it um there's some value to saying that um you know i'm just gonna live my life peace peacefully i'm not saying that there's not there weren't bumps in the road or anything like that but i i do find myself hollering at the people on the tv or the radio on uh, more than one occasion yeah. In a week. And, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the danger, I think, sometimes is that people can get really caught up in it. And it's not like I live under a rock. I try to be aware of what's going on, especially when it comes to something that relates to an idea. Right. Right. Um, but I'm not like a news junkie. Sure. And a, a political junkie is kind of a uh, an offshoot of the news junkie. Uh, yeah, phenomenon. definitely. And uh, especially I- <clears throat> the political news, I find it to be. You know, a lot of the language that they use is just kind of like fighting words, you know, hostile kind of things. And it sort of raises my blood pressure, you know, whenever I see it. Yeah. And I I think to some extent that's what it's it's meant to do. I really some people really like that. And I mean, some people who listen to talk radio really like that. Right. Yeah. I think that the news uh, tends to be aimed at getting you upset. Um, And if you watch the local news, you'll see it's it's about fear and upset and things like that. I mean, you know, if it's if it's not fires and mudslides and tornadoes, it's uh, shark attack, killings. I saw this this um, very interesting. uh, It was a news piece, but it was like a critique of the other news, I Uh guess. And they, they were saying. I think it was from John Stossel and he was saying that one summer it was like, you know, right after a presidential election, there was no essentially no political news and other news was slow. So they 
they made this piece about shark attacks and how they were on the rise and you mm-hmm. had to be afraid of the sharks coming out. Be afraid after. of the sharks. <laughs> and it was just total bunk because there wasn't really a significant risk to most people of being attacked by a shark, but they just wanted something to like be interesting on the news, right? People are scared of sharks and the news seems to be about fear, um, you know, fear and upset, as we were saying all along. And I tend, tend to agree. But I did watch uh, portions of the debate um, from uh, this last night. Uh, WMUR had it, uh, another debate at uh, St. Anselm's College here in New Hampshire. And <laughs> this is our week in New Hampshire. One week every four years, they really, it gets whipped up. And I was out uh, holding a sign for Ron Paul in the uh, the 101 uh, circle here in, in Keene, New Hampshire, and uh, waved at some folks and had uh, overwhelmingly good response, which I consider a good thing. I wouldn't gone out there if uh, if I didn't think it was a good thing. And so I'm hopeful for Ron's uh, results here, you know, to have good results in the, uh, the the primary. But one thing about this debate last night that I thought was very interesting was a portion of it where Ron Paul. Um, is talking to Newt Gingrich about foreign – I guess they're talking about each other, near each other. Um, so they're talking about foreign policy. Yeah, those that tone – there was one debate that I saw with the highlights where the moderator essentially asked Ron Paul a question about like basically why do you think Newt Gingrich is a hypocrite? And he, <laughs> and he answered it right in front of Newt Gingrich and it was like they weren't talking with each other. Yeah. It just – a little funny. It, well, it's, yeah. it so is that a happened again, I take it. There's no doubt. <laughs> um, we'll, uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about it a little sure. bit more. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live's Live Sunday Edition. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Talk Live, 855-453, that's a single toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Stephanie. Live Sunday edition. i got to keep mentioning that because nobody expects to hear a live radio program on Sunday. And they Sunday didn't evening. for the first few minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's the true. the feed heard us bumping around going, oh, what's going on? <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it is unusual in the talk radio world to have a live program on Sunday nights. And, you know, Free Talk Live not only is live every single night of the week, but also has archives available for free on the website. And I think that's pretty darn unique. If our uh, little technical difficulties uh, earlier in the show got you so worried that you started smoking, here's a way to quit. <laughs> oh, great segue. <laughs> you think that's a good segue? <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> Vaporsmiths.com uh, pretty, makes one of the, the best e-cigarettes on the market today. And it's one of the best made. has a has a, a big uh, booster in it that uh, makes it so that you get a much larger pull of vapor. And you can get it completely free. From Vaporsmiths.com. All you have to do is go over there, purchase 40 cartomizers, you'll get free shipping, and 
a free starter kit. Go to vaporsmiths.com. Use coupon code FTL when you order the 40 cartomizers, and you'll get the, the free uh, starter kit. Also, you can call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. It's vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. they got lots of flavors, um, all kinds of different flavors, fast shipping, and it's significantly better for you than smoking. Um, you know, And I used to smoke. I know how hard this stuff is. Try this, and maybe you'll just choose to smoke fewer cigarettes and spend less time out by the dumpster in the rain. Um, it was where, where smokers seem to be relegated these days. It's vaporsmiths.com, coupon code FTL8552 get vapor. So I'm going to try something that uh, I haven't tried before, which is playing an audio clip, Stephanie, and we'll uh, see how this goes. It's this pretty is, advanced. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it should be relatively easy. I'm just going to click this thing and we'll see how it goes. But this is of uh, Newt Gingrich uh, during the debate of Newt, uh, Newt Gingrich and uh, Ron Paul sort of sparring it out over service. And I think that um, I, I don't know if you'll get as excited about this as I did, but I just felt like uh, Gingrich got uh, pwned in this one father was in fact serving in Vietnam in the Mekong Delta at the time he's referring to, I think I have a pretty good idea of what it's like as a family to worry about your father getting killed, and I personally resent the kind of comments and aspersions he routinely makes without accurate information and then just slurs people with. I need one quick follow-up. When I was drafting, I was married and had two kids, and I went. I wasn't eligible for the draft. I wasn't eligible for now he's saying he wasn't eligible for the draft, but he has uh, previously, as I understand it, uh, said that he would had actually gotten deferments and explained his deferments and that sort of thing. He got deferments because he was uh, married and had kids. Ron Paul didn't uh, chose chose not to take the deferments or whatever. Now I, yeah. you know, I don't think that military, uh, you know, services really. Uh, you it's know, it's kind of too bad that people are just so clapping for the fact that you know. Ron Paul was taken away from his family against his choice. Yeah. You know, I don't really think that's something to Especially be for the Vietnam happy War. about. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not saying that people yeah. didn't conduct themselves in valorous uh, fashion over there. But I do think that most people would tell you that at this point that the Vietnam War was not a good idea as far as U.S. Uh, foreign policy. And it really doesn't. I guess that's an argumentum ad populum, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, what most people would say. I mean, pe- people always find a way to discredit what Ron Paul says. But he does have this like experience that a lot of people would say. You know, you can only say these things if you're a veteran. Right. And I it, mean, I could see why he be, would be anti-war for sure. Right. And, I, you know, it seems like if you're going to send people off to fight and die, that uh, I could see why people would want you to have the uh, the experience in that area. Because up there on the stage, as I understand it, I think it's Perry, who uh, whose campaign is essentially kerflui. Have you heard about the, what happened with him? He Stephanie? went home to consider things or something. And then came, decided uh, that, uh, you know, he was going to continue with it. And this is basically the Ross Perot stunt. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work for Ross. Bro, who probably had a chance of being a uh, you know one of the first independently elected mm, sure. um, uh, presidents of the United States of America, but you know for whatever reason he it happened he didn't he went you know stopped and then started again and uh, that's not going to go anywhere with uh, the Perry campaign either at this point Perry's just in to uh, draw votes from other candidates and I don't know how many of them are being drawn from Ron Paul but as the case may be, the rest of these guys that are seem to be so ready to run off and start wars with, say, Iran and uh, other foreign countries haven't been in the military and don't have any kind of uh, experience in that in that area. And I just uh, felt like, you know, 
that really uh, Gingrich got uh, pwned in that area. Um, if you take, a, if you want to see the whole video, it's about three and a half minutes. You can go see Ron Paul absolutely destroys Chicken Hawk Gingrich in New Hampshire debate. And I, um, th- thought you it was know, I, I mean, I think it's always more effective if you're going to criticize somebody to criticize like their ideas and say why you disagree with their ideas instead of just saying, "Well, that guy's a jerk. I resent his comments or whatever." You know, and I, I would have like, you know, that's that just seems to fit in really well with the whole paradigm of politics and especially what goes on in these debates. It's a lot of like ad hominems. This guy's a hypocrite. This guy's a liar. This guy cheats on his wife. You know, it's it's all um, ad hominem attacks when it's like really I think Ron Paul is probably the only person who actually talks about ideas more than the other ones, you know. Right, and it, you know, I, I, it, you, great men talk about ideas. Is the uh, the great people, I should say, sure. talk about ideas, and Thanks. I think that that. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, th- I think men means both uh, sexes, frankly, um, and that's um, and that usage. But you know, I think that Ron Paul really came into his own in that debate. Um, when I saw him, he was uh, performing very, very well. Uh, WMUR's Pendle apparently claim uh, feels the same way. Here are some uh, ratings from the debate, Romney. A, Gingrich A. <laughs> what are they back in grade school? They're giving him a grade, yeah, really? Him something, right? Um, <laughs> oh my! Wow, that's it's just. I mean, if it would have been different, it was five stars. Like, they in the movie theater? like they care what grade they got from the New Hampshire newspaper. I mean, really, I think it's really important um, right oh, now. It shouldn't be. Well, <laughs> it's, it's just. W- when was the last time you got a state. grade, Mark? <laughs> it's why don't you give him a gold star? <laughs> Fine. Would it make would it make a difference if it was A's or blue gold blue stars, silver stars, bronze stars? Uh, it's just it's just such a it's such a silly game, and it really just pains me. It's <laughs> I know what you're saying. I mean, politics is an ugly, ugly game. Uh, Paul got an A as far as he's concerned here. Now I would think it's interesting that uh, you know to me Gingrich got destroyed so so much in this uh, exchange, but um, Gingrich still got an A. Um, and apparently, uh, this Dave. Uh, so wait, it, they gave everybody an A. No, but did anybody not get an A? Because it sounds like all Huntsman. the okay. Santorum C minus. Uh, oh. Huntsman got a C. Perry got an F. So, <laughs> you know. wow. Um, but a lot of people got A's, and when a lot of people get A's, aren't they kind of diluted? Diluted. Well, I not think diluted. That, well, I think that uh, I, I, three people got A's, and at this point. When you're talking about six people on the stage, it sort of matters. Uh, so half of them Gingrich, got A's. Gingrich lost horribly in Iowa. Some uh, great inflation this, going on there. None of this matters in and of itself, Stephanie. <laughs> it's know. all in the picture, right? <laughs> and you know, just, make fun all I'm just you making... want. There's going to be a killer in chief um, that is elected <laughs> well, yes, in and November, that's, and that's right? not funny. Right? Yeah, and that's, that's not what, funny. And that's how I. I mean, I take this seriously because that guy is. There's going to be a person there that's going to be used using that uh, office which has a monopoly privilege on violence in it i i i'm concerned as to who it's going to be 855-450-3733 free talk live here on free talk live we've been pretty excited about the bitcoin it's a decentralized free market digital currency you can learn more about it at weusecoins.com But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at AU.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. 
Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Sacral toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in on the live Sunday edition here on Free Talk Live. And Mark been, always gets the last word. I, you know, <laughs> welcome to my world. <laughs> That's what it's like. It's too bad they can't hear what goes on during the breaks, the kind of shenanigans. So many wish they could. Yes. 8-5 is just fooling with about you over your, your, your belching. <laughs> 855-450-3733. Hey, if your digestive tract's not moving, you're going to die. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. It's very how important. Belching. <laughs> Like, there's certainly a time and a place for it, right? But I feel like people get a little too pent up about, you know, <laughs> pent up gastric, uh, you know, released gastric gases. That was a good pun, yeah. Yeah. Um, and You've done worse in the studio before, oh, Mark. Yes, I, well, you know, they, 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 <laughs> it all goes around. I'm not trying around, to embarrass or, you here. We all, what? we all do it. <laughs> Indeed, we do. <laughs> we all have do bodies. It. Do it well. <laughs> Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment or barter currency. And it looks like there's some volatility in the uh, the gold and silver markets right now. And it may be a really good time to get in. A lot of experts are predicting that uh, things are going to go up in the metals market. We've teamed up with Midas Resources, who is a sister company with our syndicate. And we've got some really great rates for you, gold.freetalklive.com. You can go over there, check out the coins and pieces that we have that will get gold and silver into your hands. It's gold.freetalklive.com. I, uh, I've ordered from, from uh, Midas on multiple occasions and always had great results. It's, uh, as far as I've ever heard, um, you know, folks have uh, gotten their medals in timely fashion and, and they're happy with their prices. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Go check it out. Let's go to... We have a call. We do, indeed, we do. Wow. <laughs> Larry in uh, Larry in Arkansas wants to uh, talk about the debate. Larry, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi. Yeah, uh, I want to ask a question because this is a repeater. Uh, I had heard that, um, and this is all going to tie into the the race here. Okay. Uh, uh, that the Mormon Church had uh, financed a Las Vegas hotel a very well-known one a big one wow sounds unlikely for them but okay i don't know about that i was thinking but that was on a you know one of the uh talk shows all right i'll take Uh, it okay so here's well this is when my mind gets to clicking when i see today that um uh new ginrich got five million dollars donation from a billionaire in las vegas well, there are lots of people in Las Vegas, right? I know, but my mind works how it works. So, uh, so, so I'm, tell I'm us more thinking, about, okay. about that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, so uh, you know, Santorum and Ginridge are kind of jumping on Paul and, uh, and Romney. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and that's Romney, because they're the front runners. You know, I mean, it's it's yeah, hard. but I mean, you, it's not good yeah, when yeah. Santorum gets on you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so what I'm getting at is, so if he gives five million to Ginrich, Ginrich is gonna, uh, it, it, he can pass that on to Santorum if he drops out, right? I don't know how that works. Um, oh, I, okay. I have no I, idea I, how that works. Okay. Well, anyway, what I'm getting at is one of them's a Mormon, one of them's a Christian. Mm-hmm. They might be a battle going out in Vegas between different people for, you know, something going on in Vegas. 
I just thought it was interesting that it, it could be coincidental, but uh, well, it's one thing that's that, certainly uh, you know one thing certainly true is that uh, there's it's the money behind these folks that uh, that that drives them that uh, gives them their 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 impetus and their motivation. Um, I don't you know we we could speculate so, all night and it's it's hard to say right. who's going to do what, but there's so many sketchy political deals that come out, and you know the the thing that I find really um, egregious, I think, is that. A lot of the biggest corporations in the U.S. will just give money to all any candidate, no matter who it is, right. no matter what their ideas, just simply because <laughs> they want to have them in their pocket, you know, to, right. ha- to have them owe them a favor or feel like they do, right? And Goldman Sachs, a huge financer of the Romney campaign, along with uh, lots of other, you know, big banking um, organizations. And that scares me. After the situation with the TARP bailout, where these uh, banks essentially, you know, for their mistakes, um, um, you know, it's governmental mistakes, too. They got bailed out to the tune of billions Billions, of dollars um, by the the little guy and and they backed obama when he was running sure yeah they, they don't really they have any standards <laughs> yeah they don't care which party they just want to make sure whoever gets in there shows favoritism to the international bankers and probably the international corporations and yeah i mean it's, it's all about the money larry it certainly is <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's disappointing to me that it's like that thanks I'm, for the call i appreciate it Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can call into Free Talk Live. Talk about what you want to talk about. But at this point, it's like if you are a big company and you don't do this whole game where you just give money to all these yeah, politicians, the, your then you're going to get you. Yeah, exactly. So it's really like a climate where that's encouraged. You know, I'm not saying that the, the corporations certainly. are not like responsible for what they do, but it certainly is incentivized by, and, and to some extent, they're reacting to those incentives. It's like a game of leapfrog between the money and the power, yeah. and they just keep moving further and further. Um, you know, into your life, into your rights, and into your pocket. And not only that, but the, have you ever heard of the term "revolving door"? The revolving door, Mark. Uh, I, you know, I've heard it used in lots of different areas. Yeah. Well, I mean. In, especially when you talk about finance and uh, like this, you know, stock trading world and stuff. And there are a lot of people who are in the banking and finance industry mm-hmm. who later go and take jobs in government and then they go back to the industry right. and they kind of circulate around. That's where sure. the term revolving door. It happens in the FDA, also in the pharmaceutical companies. A lot of these, re- yeah. you know, the agencies that regulate these um, areas. And and honestly, you have to have ex- if you're going to regulate, you have to have experts to regulate. And the experts are the people that have worked in the industry sure. in a lot of cases. So you've got this real problem. I mean, how are you going to expect people in the industry not to show favoritism towards employers or favoritism towards the other guy if they dislike their old employer? And, you know, just this back and forth thing goes and everybody thinks that their area is the most important. So, of course, they, Mm. you know, they make sure the money goes that direction. And it's just all one big back scratching circle that uh, back scratching is a nice way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) Screws the little guy. Um, you know, the, the little guy who doesn't have a lobbyist out there is the one that's got to pay for it all. And, you know, I think we've here the last decade here in the United States, we've tried Republicans from 2000 to 2006. We had all Republicans in the House, the Senate and the White House from 2008 to 2010. It was Democrats in the House, the Senate and the White House. I mean, we've had all Republicans and all Democrats in the last decade. And mm-hmm. to, to think that you're going to get something different by trying the oh, same yeah, old but, politicians. Right. So many people still support the system and think that there can be meaningful change coming from politics. And 
that the historical track record has not shown that to be the case. I think that there's uh, a lot of times the meaningful change that has come around, um, for instance, slavery is illegal now, um, has come f- through politics. Now, I'm not saying that it came that it, it started that way. I mean, certainly the Quakers. There is an important element of social social change, too, and just changing attitudes. Absolutely. I mean, um, and, you know, I don't think slavery would have become illegal if people hadn't started to, you know, the abolitionist movement hadn't mm-hmm. started up, you know. And that was a lot about changing people's minds and ideas. Certainly was. It took uh, it took a long time to get that done. It took more more than a hundred years of people. I don't know. I don't know about the abolitionist movement prior to the seventeenth uh, century, but I'm I'm sure there was somebody out there talking about how this isn't just. And in other places, there were. Um there was slavery that was occurring in other countries around the same time period in the world, and some other places got rid of slavery without, uh, well, of course, without having wars. Yeah, that and, was in the 19th century here yeah. in the United States, and I think we're the only place in sort of the Western world that got rid of chattel slavery through a conflict rather than just kind of getting it undone. Yeah. The rest of these places managed to get uh, um, slavery undone without a uh, conflict that rent the nation. Um, and, you know, killed more people. That war killed more Americans than any other war. Oh, they, they didn't have antibiotics back then or painkillers. or yeah. Yeah, it was And you point bad. out rightly that uh, more of them died off the battlefield than on. Yeah. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Call in and talk about what you want to talk about. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you need a boat, not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran, as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to get a car or SUV ashore. With a life yacht, you could live free of nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. You can be involved for $1,000 and a commitment as little as eight months. EricksonCouncil.com free talk live 855-453 single toll free call in line here on the live sunday edition of free talk live 855-450-3733 you can call in bring up whatever's on your mind we've been talking about the well the republicans and their their little run here for to see who's going to be their their chief guy that they're going to put up against Obama and you know it's it 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 could be discouraging to uh to to watch some of this stuff because yes it, you know my favorite guy is not what I would call perfect and sure. that seems to be what politics is about it's like picking the the lesser of two evils it seems to be the what what uh, they, it, they always end up doing it does seem very common that people end up compromising their principles even if they start out from a place where they're like well i'm not going to compromise they inevitably end up that way and you know being a per, an advocate of liberty um you know human freedom uh, peace and uh, personal responsibility i knew that politics wasn't the answer for me in Florida, and mm-hmm. I picked up and moved my life and my family, my but stuff. It is the answer for you in New Hampshire. Um, well, it's it, more effective here. <laughs> uh, trying to trying to vote for libertarians in Florida, not really effective thing. Sure, to do. Yeah, yeah, I can picture that. For um, sure. Whereas here in New Hampshire, there are somewhere between twelve and fifteen Free State Project members in the House, um, the New Hampshire House, and 
a full more than quarter. I think it's a I think it's like a full on third are people that have been uh, rated by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance as um, to be their A rating, which is like 80 percent and above. I can't say that 80 percenters make me just flip over backwards excited, but I sure do like those 99 guys. We are the 99 percent, Mark. <laughs> so, and about the Free State Project, you yes. can come to the Free State Project Liberty Forum here in uh, February. It's next month, uh, and I think you need to get your tickets right away and check out uh, what's going on in New Hampshire. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you've been holding off on getting your tickets, it's a good time to do it now. Stop and holding I, off. <laughs> yeah, it's like seven weeks away or maybe even less, maybe like more like six weeks now at this point. And uh, if you want, you can go to freestateproject.org and slash Liberty Forum and sign up with coupon code FTL2012. It's going to be really cool. 10% off. Yeah, 10% off. That's a pretty significant. And, you know, you can uh, make some plans to share a hotel room with a friend. You can cut down the cost that way. And uh, it's already a very inexpensive uh, convention. As conventions go, they try to get the best names and get them at the best rates because they yeah. want... For, it's very for us, reasonable. it's about bodies. It's about the people that come. And if you make it too expensive, the people won't come. So that's And there is also... Um, there are different options for your ticket that you can get. One of them includes food and the other one doesn't. Yes. Right? And so, of course, there's a lot of restaurants in the Nashua area. Or you can bring some, go to the grocery store, which is just around the, cor- just around the corner from the hotel. Sure. Grab some groceries. Um, you know, my wife has a particular diet that she eats and whatever mm-hmm. They're going to serve is not going to fit it. So, you know, she's going to have giant salads. Lots of, you know, I noticed that's a, a kind of a theme with libertarians as they, a lot of them follow um, sort of maybe unconventional diets or. They are peculiar people. But that's, you know, that's, I think, a great thing when the conventional diet is not very um, beneficial in terms of long term health, I would say. But, uh, you know, for me, Mark, Liberty Forum is all about meeting people and socializing. I'm definitely going to be there, um, maybe uh, help out with Free Talk Live. I don't know if we'll be broadcasting from there. We'll probably be back in Keene at that point, right? That's correct. Yeah, okay. I think so. Um, On I, Sunday, know, we'll see at how Liberty it goes, Forum weekend. But um, we'll, you know, certainly we have in mind of doing a live show with Free Talk Live. That's what we we do is uh, live programming, and uh, you know, we're I, I don't know how many I don't know how long it's been unbroken that there's been a live Free Talk Live program every evening, but mm. it's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of days. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> right. I think it's been more than a year. I would have to ask Ian on that one, um, or who's uh, one of our. Yes, I it, I would say like a year and a half. I think since the. Uh, sunday show started it, it used to be six nights a week that's true then uh, it was a sunday internet only show yep. and then it was us on sunday which is not which is beyond the internet it's a uh, radio too Th- that's right uh, free talk live saw, saw an opening in the marketplace which is live programming on sunday evening and decided to, to hop into it and uh, you know I, I split up my my normal schedule had been sun monday through saturday and i decided to move it to Tuesday through Sunday, and then mm-hmm. my co-host Ian um, is doing, of course, Monday through Saturday again. That way we have a main host on every night and brought you on. And uh, it's been working out swimmingly. We have lots yes. and lots of affiliates, and we're on <laughs> XM, and things are just going great, uh, as as good as we had ever hoped for Free Talk it's Live. A, it's a win-win for us and our listeners, I would say. I so, hope, anyway. <laughs> at the very least, they're getting uh, live programming and not listening to something that's, uh, you know, one of those... Republican guys just, uh, you know, recorded and talking over. <laughs> and they can call us. That's the best part. That's right. If you yeah. disagree with the things that we say, <laughs> you can call in and talk to us at 855-450-3733. If you agree, you can call, too. And, um, Stephanie, you've got a story on bitcoins. We talk about bitcoins a lot on Free Talk Live. I'm excited mm. about them. I think it's a currency that could very well change the world. So uh, just a little bit of background information, first of all. Bitcoins are essentially they're a 
a peer-to-peer anonymous digital currency. So all the transactions that are done, there's a Bitcoin network. And I hope I'm not completely botching this up because I just got the Bitcoin bug and I've been like reading a lot about Mm -hmm. them and trying to educate myself. But I am not I don't have a background in computer science. Okay, so if I screw any of this up, feel free to correct me. But I think I have the basic gist of it, right? The basic, basic stuff is that we use coins.org. Yeah, there's a video you can watch there. Yep. Yep. And uh, and also there's the Bitcoin wiki and Bitcoin.org is another another site to learn about them. Oh, but, there's, no, there's, no, there's no stopping learning about Bitcoins, yeah. but there is starting. And it's starting <laughs> perhaps as we uh-huh. use coins.org. <laughs> well, and actually, I really have to say... I resisted learning about Bitcoins for a long time, even though I had heard of them and thought it sounded like a cool concept because I just thought that the information would be too technical for me to understand. Mm-hmm. But I was really kind of selling myself short and underestimating my I ability to them. understand it. I don't know how a car works, but I use it. Um, and in the same way, with you know, the, the basics, though, right? I yeah, I know the basics. Of yeah. The car. So I know the basics of Bitcoins. Yeah. So basically, there's a there's a network uh, made of a bunch of connections among peers and transactions in bitcoins, which are pieces of electronic information, um, take place on this network. Un- un- uh, counterfeitable electronic information. Yeah, they're secure, right? And uh, and you can, you know, you can transfer them between addresses, bitcoin addresses, right? And those can From be person person, can be anonymous. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a way to send basically. Um, Something that's like cash, anonymously, on the yes. internet. It's all digital. Currency is probably the best way to describe it. I mean, it mm-hmm. is something that people exchange for goods and services. Yeah, and they do actually say in their wiki that they, like, discourage people from, like, there are, um, they're deno- they can be broken up, right? So mm-hmm. there's a Bitcoin, there's, like, a micro bit mm-hmm. or micro Bitcoin or something, and a milli bit, and they... There is like a cent of Bitcoin, like a hundredth of a Bitcoin, okay. but they discourage you from saying BitCent because it sounds too much like a cent in, you know, U.S. currency or language or whatever, like the government currency. I see. They, don't, they want to avoid any connotation of uh, government currency, so they make up these words that don't sound anything like it. Gotcha. So anyway, Bitcoins are pretty cool. I've been excited about them recently, but, you know, I've seen a number of things over the past couple of days among some some of my friends who are interested in bitcoins as well. And so now there are restaurants and there are food, uh, grocery stores and places you can buy food. Grocery stores. Yes, that will accept bitcoins. Where? Um, on the internet and physical ones, as okay. I understand it. And especially, this is cool with restaurants, people have these mobile wallet applications on their smartphones. Mm-hmm. So they can store bitcoins, uh, the information that encodes bitcoins on their smartphones, and then a restaurant can gener- generate something called a QR code. Now, a QR code looks kind of like a barcode, except it's, it's that funny it's a square, square thing um, with us uh, with squares in the corners. Yeah, um, and, and so you see them all over the place, and they're for smartphones to look at and, and the, find the smartphone stuff. can take like essentially use the camera piece mm-hmm. of it to look at the QR code and then interpret that and turn that into something, whether it's a URL or it's something else. In this and case, this is a relatively easy te- piece of technology to use. I've used it. Yep, you just have to have an application uh, called a QR reader on your mm-hmm. phone. And, uh, mo- you they're know, free. They're free, yeah. <laughs> so what a restaurant can do is encode um, a custom QR code that someone can scan with their smartphone, and it will say um, the price of the meal or the food in bitcoins and then the address to send it to. What about tip? Um, they can probably put that in themselves, I would I imagine. So. Yeah, uh, and so then they just use their mobile um, wallet application to send bitcoins, and it's all done 
with their phone. Like they don't need to carry anything except their phone. And uh, I think that's really cool. So that's that's a way you can get food with Bitcoins. And eliminate your wallet and all that annoying stuff that you have to carry in your pockets. I mean, as a, yes. as a guy, I you know, there, there are guys out there that carry purses. But um, the, the man purse. Is that like a male purse? That's a man purse, yeah. And um, there, there are guys out there that carry purses. I am not one of them. I think that there are a few of them. And I, got, I think there's no problem with carrying uh, your gear in, in a bag. But men already have one bag to carry around. They need another one. (laughs) So, um, you know, my pockets get full and it's uncomfortable a lot of times to sit down. Your pants will bind and, you know, your keys are getting shoved up against your thigh. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable. So um, it's it's elimination of more things that you don't need. If you're going someplace where you can just spend bitcoins, you don't have to carry your your wallet with you. Of course, you'll need that uh, driver's license because if you get pulled over with a guy with the gumballs on the top of his car, he's going to want to see it. So there's that. But there's also more. And I'm going to tell you how it is now possible to live entirely off of bitcoins. That's what I want to hear. 855-450-3733. Your calls in the next hour. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. DigitPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Phoenix Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigHeadPress.com. Or five. Free Talk Live, 855-453. It's SACL toll-free call in line here on the live Sunday edition. Kick it off the second hour, Mark. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. Call in, talk about what you want to talk about. And let's just jump straight into the calls, uh, Stephanie. Absolutely, my favorite part. Annette in Georgia. Annette, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hello. Um, I would just like to um, share that I heard a very interesting report on a talk radio uh, show last week. A neurologist surgeon telephoned in the program mm-hmm. to report that he had just left Washington D.C. Mm-hmm for a uh, training or seminar session. And he said that, one, patients were referred to as units. Okay. And they were, these physician surgeons were being instructed how to care for their units. And are you sure, and, Annette? Um, are you sure that he didn't mean like a unit of a hospital, like a ward or something? Um, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm saying it exactly how he said it, and he was mortified. Okay, just want to clarify. Yes, he was quite mortified and shocked. However, even more shocking, he he uh, all the surgeons, neurologists were informed that anyone seventy years of age that comes to the hospital with a stroke or anything regarding uh, brain surgery, uh, most likely due from a stroke, Mm -hmm. 
received no care and no surgery. He just wanted to warn everybody. So I've heard you this could report. Let all the that... useless eaters know that the culling of the population, or rather the extermination process, is ready to begin. You know, I mean, this have is a, the have a nice evening. Thank you, Annette. Uh, the, <laughs> the... Uh, well, this is the yeah. inevitable result of uh, government getting involved in the medical process and them making, you know, the, everybody makes when it comes to medical care, makes sort of economic choices along the way. Sure. And you have to decide what level of care is necessary at what time. And the problem is, is when you take that decision making process out of the hands of the family and give it to other folks, then you've got all these Absolutely. recriminations yeah. that uh, that show up. Now, you were saying something about hospital beds being called units. Uh, is that uh, something that happens? I was just trying to think of ways that, you know, maybe the patients were being referred to as units. Sure. I don't have and any reason to... And maybe the person to... who called in was actually a neurosurgeon that went to a board. I mean, you know, sure. it's a it's a really difficult thing to know on talk radio what you're dealing with and what, we'll, what we'll you're give, not. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. On well, that one, I, I was just trying to clarify. Sure, I sure. Then um, I just. But you know, a patient, a patient, and a doctor are supposed to have a relationship with each other. You know what I mean? Sure. They're supposed to. It's supposed to be a really um, special thing where there's like trust involved, and you know, um, it's a win-win relationship because the patient is getting feeling better and healthier, and the doctor is you know helping them, and they're that's their livelihood also, and. Is that what they tell you in medical school? Because you're you're one of the doctrine sorts here, and uh, I don't know whether you're um, actually doctorified here yet, but um, you will be soon. Um, so, is that yeah. what they, do they teach you this in medical school on how to um, you know have a relationship with patients or not? Yes. Oh, yeah. They they do. I okay. mean, they teach you about communication and forming these relationships, and they I think and they nothing d- about nutrition. <laughs> well, yeah, they do. They don't really teach. But on you know, in their defense, the um, the medical students aren't typically too interested in nutrition. Mm-hmm. You know, except for some people like me, I was interested in it. But I had a I had a you selfish reason su- to be interested. Students, <laughs> I mean, whether they're interested or not, should be taught about nutrition a great deal. I mean, you know, here oh, we have the absolutely. foundation that's of a, health. That's a completely legitimate critique of of medicine today is that there's not enough focus on prevention. I completely agree with that. You know, because if you if you get enough sleep and you eat a, a healthy diet, nutritious diet and you take care of your body, you exercise, then it, it can prevent a lot of the diseases that people suffer from today. But, you know, um, talking about forming a relationship with the patient, I do think that is taught, at least in some medical schools. It might be different in other places. You mm-hmm. know, I go to one out of a few hundred. When will and, you be doctorified? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe in about three years. Oh, is that how long? My goodness. Well, no, I'm a special case because I'm also doing a PhD. I see. So it's 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 different for me. But typically it takes four years to get an MD, which is medical doctor. Mm-hmm. It's a conventional allopathic doctor. And then uh, after that, one would do a residency, which is Two years. intensive training, you know, every day at the hospital all day. Um, it's it's usually three to four years, but it depends on the specialty. Is that a training hospital or yeah, teaching hospital? hospital. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, but about the re- relationship between the doctor and patient, I think of it as something that's really special. And even if I wasn't, you know, a physician, if I, I'm not yet, but even if I was not a physician, I would think of myself. I think no matter what job I was in, as someone that is providing. A service and is supposed to have a relationship with the client, right? Sure. It's it's kind of no different than that. But in medicine, we have this funny thing where the government is just getting more and more involved in that relationship, 
Sure. So and, who's, who's your client? If if the government's yes, paying, who's exactly, your client? Exactly. Is what you have to ask yourself. And I think that that's uh, probably what Annette was was speaking directly to. Is if the government's paying, then the patient isn't really the client anymore. The government is, and that's a real conflict of interest. At that point, the government decides who gets what level of care and when. And you know the person paying ought to be, but and it is like that in many other places in the world too already. Yeah, you know where where the government essentially tells it like it's going to be about everything that's involved in medicine. Absolutely, and I I think that she rightly points out that it's going to be the elderly that uh, to take the brunt of this. They're no longer providing the the tax revenue for. There have for people. been um, people who are you know sort of high up in the government administration right now who have written things about why it's a good thing for the government to kind of ration care, especially to older people. I mean, I have heard of that before. Well, care gets There are some people who think that, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a reality to, it's a reality in medicine that care gets rationed. Not everybody gets every single amount of, uh, you know, medical science brought to bear on their case Mm -hmm. every time. So therefore, care is rationed. It's usually rationed on the personal basis of economics or but it's through such the a, it's insurance company. It's such a company. distorted market, though. That's the thing. I, I mean, guess I should say it's usually done through the insurance um, insurance companies. I think it should be done through the individual rather than um, from you know insurance companies. Well, but the insurance companies, um, it's important to realize, base a lot of their prices or their reimbursements to doctors and hospitals mm-hmm. on the rates that government sets for Medicare and Medicaid. No, sure it does. So essentially the government is like setting all the prices for things in medicine and they may not be accurate. My wife wife worked in um, a medical office and had to deal with this constantly. And it seems like every year Medicare reimbursements go down, not up. So doctors are then incentivized to see more and more patients and provide less and less care. And then the devices and the drugs uh, are patented and have to go through this FDA approval process, both of which severely drive up the price. And so... I don't know. I, I'm always in favor of if there's a cheap and effective cure. I would call I would call that like playfully a medical hack. You know, if you can <laughs> sure. if you can hack your body, if you can if you can find a cheap workaround that works and is effective and helps you, I think that's always preferable to, you know, some expensive drug that may not be helping you as much. Right? Can um, can one find a doctor with bitcoins? That's a great question. Maybe I should be the first Bitcoin doctor. I would I love to should. do that. <laughs> yeah. So um, actually, we were talking about this topic in the last segment, and uh, that is how it's now possible to live off of Bitcoin. So you can. we talked about how you can get food with Bitcoins. Right. Grocery stores and online sort of grocery stores. Yeah. And maybe, maybe at the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year, we'll see some people actually using these mobile wallet technologies. Of course, you have to have internet connections for that. So may not be, be a challenge <laughs> in the woods of new hampshire yeah it sometimes is a is a, a challenge but i think it kind of gets better every year my phone worked fine at pork fest um but anyway so you can get food with bitcoins there's a place now that accepts bitcoins as payment for rent for for their apartments really yes it's in uh, toronto and uh, you can get that and um not only that but now there's an ebay of bitcoins so to speak it's like an online auction thing where all the idea. all the prices are in bitcoins. So you can get food, shelter, and goods, and maybe soon a doctor, <laughs> all yeah, with bitcoins. The problem with that is I think in dollars and bitcoins are, of course, the different currencies. So it can get confusing for you. you Got to do the math. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free talk live. 
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. 855-453-FREE. That's 3733 for those of you that don't have the little letters on your phone. I, I had a cell phone once that was like that. And it was very frustrating when you know, just had number, you know, had to try to figure it out. Let's see, i got to write this down, A, B, C. Yep, it's uh, 3733. <laughs> 855-450-3733. And we are right now talking about Bitcoins on Free Talk Live. One of the fastest and easiest ways to, uh, to and safest ways to get your Bitcoins to buy or sell them is crypto exchange. If you're totally clueless about the Bitcoin currency, they've even got 24-hour customer service. Just visit their site. Click on the live support link at the top. It's Crypto Exchange. You can see their banner at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Click on. You'll go right through. And I've used the service. It's Crypto Exchange at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. So, Stephanie, go on with the story. You say that we can now... Buy that, everything we actually, need. Actually, that was pretty much it. I just thought that was pretty cool. And I think that they're, I'm now convinced that they're very revolutionary technology. And I wonder, um, it brings up the interesting point that a lot of people talk about when they talk, discuss bitcoins, is that they kind of are smashing the idea that currency has to be backed by some physical asset, right? It's, uh, you know, I've heard, I have heard Austrians have this particular critique about bitcoins is that, uh, well, they're not backed by anything. And right. I, I would say that they're backed by the need that they fill in the marketplace, like the, the use that they have. But, you know, that's not a physical uh, asset. You know, it. Um, some of the things about currency are, you know, Bitcoin fills the niches that uh, currency needs. It is unreplicatable. Um, it, uh, it, so, therefore, it's difficult to counterfeit. Uh, it's, easily to, it's easy to exchange and easy to carry. And there will only ever be 21 million of them or something. And it's like asymptotically approaching that number. Now, this is a cool what story. What is that word? Asymptotic. Asymptotic. It's a I math word. I have no word. idea what that means. Math. It's a geek word. <laughs> okay, it's, I'll take your it, word it for means, it. Um, it means it's um, at first it's very quickly approaching that number. It has like a very steep slope. If you picture a graph, picture like a, a graph that looks like a, a hill, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's at first it starts off really steep and then it gets less steep and less steep and less steep until it's pretty much a plateau. That's asymptotic shape I where it, it changes the, the rate of change or the slope. God, I'm just getting way more technical than. <laughs> well, I wanted to know what that meant. Yeah, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it does. And you know that you, we talk about it not being um, inflatable, and people will say, "Well, they're still mining bitcoins, so it is being inflated," and it, it certainly is, and that's one of the of the purposes of it. But it's not being inflated at the whim of like a fiat currency is at the whim of the fiat of some ruler oh, or sure. a group of them. Well, there is no ruler. That's an important point about them because it's right. completely decentralized. And so all of the transactions take place on a network of connections among 
peers or computers, you know. So, and one of the real powers that uh, these these monopoly organizations that call themselves governments, um, you know, states, mm-hmm. uh, all have is currency, and they jealously protect it. And Bitcoin rests from them that power and oh, yeah. gives it to the it. people who really are supposed to have it, mm-hmm. the people that work for their money. And one of the biggest problems with, say, the U.S. currency is. You know, you work hard, you put $100,000 in the bank, and then, well, somebody, uh, you know, decides that they want to inflate the currency, and they, uh, you know, they, they print some more dollars, and your $100,000 becomes worth less. Yeah. Take a look at what gasoline was worth in the early 70s versus what it's worth in the, um, you know, early teens now. Sure. It's a big difference, mm-hmm. and... You can just look at a loaf of bread. You can look at these things. If you just put some cash in your mattress, it would become worth less and less over time. Mm. And you know, there, there's it didn't also used to be that way when uh, currencies were backed by something. Sure, uh, there's also something interesting I wanted to bring up about bitcoins, which is that there is this sort of an element of transparency to them, even though they're anonymous. You can go if you if you have a bitcoin address, you can go to a website that can show you all the transactions uh, involving that address. Mm-hmm. So. You can kind of see what's going on in some cases. Sure. And it depends on what they often recommend is that you get a a different address for every new transaction. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know. Well, it helps you know if you're if you're selling something or if you're, I guess, bartering something for bitcoins online, then you have to have a separate address for each transaction, because then that's the only way you can really prove that 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 a certain person sent you some payment in bitcoins. Interesting. Like if you send all of the transactions to one payment or to one address, Mm -hmm. then it can get really confusing because it you can't necessarily tell who sent those bitcoins. So somebody somebody could claim, oh well, I just sent you ten bitcoins when they really didn't, when they just saw that somebody else sent you that. I see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I guess they could just claim that. They could uh, keep an eye on it. And that's one things that one of the things that Bitcoin's so interesting uh, about is that everybody can sort of see transactions, but they can't see necessarily who's transacting. Yeah. So it's anonymous in the sense that um, all the transactions are done are done out in the open, but they're done by anonymous entities. Yeah. And it's very um, it, it's an interesting aspect of it. It makes it uh, both transparent and very o- opaque. Um, so I have a lot of hope for bitcoins, and I I don't know what's going to result in them, um, you know, in the future. But I, you know, I do think that something's going to happen in the world of currencies that's going to leave governments behind. Yeah, they've just they've squandered their credibility in the area of currencies, and I don't think that and they've left a niche unfilled. You know what I mean? They've they've created a a situation where there is a demand for anonymous online, completely digital currency. Sure, they make it illegal to play blackjack online for money. Well, and, you can play it online for bitcoins because it's not a real currency as far as they're concerned. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to go through all these banking regulations and get a PayPal account, which is linked to a bank account, which is governed by all these U.S. government regulations, it can take weeks to set that up or months or even maybe longer than that. And to transfer money between those things can take days, whereas bitcoins, you can do something like that within eight to 10 minutes, you know, and, and you don't have to follow any of the hoops. You don't have to get a bank account that's, you know, checks whether you're a terrorist or whatever. <laughs> it takes uh, it, it takes some practice to, uh, to be able to do these transactions uh, quickly and easily. You've got to learn how to do it. But like anything, um, after you, know, you learn it, it's completely it's you, very simple. You spend you spend your kids whole lives teaching them how to use, uh, you know, their, their whole early lives teaching them how to use money. Yeah. And 
So, I mean, don't expect to uh, just hop on with Bitcoins and, you know, immediately know exactly what to do in every situation. But I've learned how to do it. And if I can learn how to do it online, it means it's relatively easy. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. Didn't you have something else in Bitcoin news, though? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. <laughs> oh, I thought you did. I thought there were two. No, two that was Bitcoin that was pretty stories. much all that I talked about. I'm sorry. You know, we had uh, Roger Ver on um, on the show on uh, Saturday night. He's uh, the owner of um, Memory Dealers. Yes, I just met Roger virtually <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> he is, uh, and he's a big supporter of uh, of Bitcoins. And uh, we, you know, one of the reasons that Free Talk Live has gotten so into them is because he introduced them to us, and I, mm-hmm. um, he. You know, he was talking about how he believed that because they take the power that governments have away from them, that they could very well be a, a, a you know a force for change in the world. And I uh, absolutely, I think I I can see why he believes that. I and find I agree. his passion in that area to be motivating. And eight five five four five zero three seven three three. If you have thoughts on bitcoins or anything else, you can give us a call at eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free talk live. From filmmaker A.I. Wintermute comes the feature-length documentary, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It chronicles the real-life activists who have moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and the many ways in which they seek to live free. But he needs your help to get this important story off the ground. Visit libertydocumentary.com, watch the trailer, and find out how you can help bring this film to life. That's libertydocumentary.com. Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. 855-450-3733. If you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, Man Venture Outpost carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. They actually have a tactical flashlight over there that's so bright they call it a weapon. Um, you know, wow. if you got it right in somebody's eye, bright. I suppose it could be. <laughs> uh, ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low they can't be mentioned. Uh, the manufacturers have little rules on this. You can get an additional 5% off the already incredibly low prices at ManVentureOutpost.com by using coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Stephanie, let's go uh, straight into the phones here with uh, Robert calling from Virginia. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi, folks. How are you? All's well. Um, I just wanted to chime in, and uh, I, I certainly um, am sympathetic to the sentiments behind things like Bitcoin and, and alternative currencies. Um, but I do have a background in information security, okay. and I think it's really important to note that um, some of the things that people who use Bitcoins, like vendors, say about Bitcoins are, in fact, not accurate. All right. And, Please tell us more, because I'd like to know about um, this. Yeah. In particular, anonymity is actually not a strong design goal of the way Bitcoins were designed. And I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but... Um, Anonymity has a specific meaning in the context of information security. Okay. Uh, it turns out that you can use them 
in a way that's pretty darn close to anonymous. But a lot of people don't. And so yeah. there are a, a lot of ways to easily misuse them. If and, and obviously everybody has different concerns about their privacy, and most people probably haven't thought through kind of exactly what those are. Like, are you concerned about anonymity from from you know governments or other people in your on your network or in your office or whatever and and it turns out that the ex-wife um, mm-hmm. yeah exactly there are some ways so I'll give you one example um, and by the way there is some really good research done uh, out of Dublin uh, by uh, what was it Fergal Reed and Martin Harrigan at University College Dublin it's probably one of the better papers out there about this. Um, but even in, pl- in art, places like Forbes, you can see some interesting dialogue. So one example is if you have one Bitcoin account and you use it for all incoming and outgoing payments, it, it makes it easy to keep track of your transactions. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyone who has ever given you coins can now see where you send money forever. So that's not how you should use it. Right. But every but a lot of people do because, you know, you want to keep way. track of your stuff. And so... I think, uh, you know, one good example, like, I think it's WikiLeaks actually says, you can contribute to us with this anonymous thing. And I think that there's a danger there, because if people are coming to this with the expectation that as a system that they use, their anonymity is is sort of, you know, just by using it. Now, I'm curious about protected. this. Do you think that there's going to be a problem um, for the individual donating to WikiLeaks? I mean, I know that many of these large financial corporations have buckled from pressure from the, uh, I would assume, United States government to not give money to, uh, to, to not participate in transactions. But uh, as far as an individual hmm. goes, do you think that if there's any kind of uh, like legal the, You mean that they would be labeled as a terrorist? <laughs> well, I don't mean labeled. I mean well, incarcerated as a terrorist yeah. is my concern. Well, okay. well, well Stephanie, I, I think Stephanie touched on the real point there. Um, um, and I, I am in the shadow of D.C., so I have I have some perspective about that stuff. Um, I will say, yeah, if, if there's an official designation, then all bets are off. You know, if, if, if that organization or that service winds up on uh, some, of the, some of the lists, then anybody who provides material support, and it doesn't take a whole lot if you sort of look at... at um, you know, things people have been prosecuted for over the past few years. Uh, it doesn't take a lot to do something. I think posting a YouTube video in at least one case has been considered providing material support. Wow. But up to this point, so, nobody has been charged with giving money to, to WikiLeaks. Uh, I don't know, but I certainly I haven't so. heard of that being the case. Um because I mean, I get, I get, uh, I you know, I'm not interested in using my bitcoins to purchase uh, heroin over the uh, Silk Road, and I know that people do that. I know they do. Sure. And yeah. I, you know, I don't. I'm not going to try to give advice to those people on the, um, you know, the an- an- anonymity aspect of it. You know, for me, I kind of like that there's some level of anonymity, but I don't think it's paramount in my transactions. It wouldn't. Uh, no, and I think. It's really about expectations, and the the parallel I'm drawing here is sort of the um, you know the same parallel, the same uh, experience we've had with security on the internet. Yeah, it's really important if you've got people who are who are you know non technical or lay users using something like this that they understand what it is and what it's not. And there have been. Yeah, I appreciate that because I am one of those lay people who. (laughs) 
Isn't that Yeah, terrible? I mean, there have been digital cash systems that pretty much are, uh, were designed for anonymity and things. And for various reasons, you know, there have been challenges over the long term um, with adoption or with individual players or whatever. But, but I think in this case, um, you know, it, it's one of these things. It, it's probably, well, it, I'll say it is, it's probably possible to build uh, some kind of front ends on this stuff that might manage it in ways that keep you out of trouble. But right now, it's it's kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? There there are enough exposed sort of pipes and wires, you know, um, use a, a an analogy that um, I'm not sure most normal users are are going to you know just pick it up and use it. I'd be very, very careful of using mm-hmm. bitcoins to purchase things that might be considered black market and have the expectation that you're going to be completely anonymous. I'd be very careful well, I, with that. But I, I think that you yeah. can make it happen um, in a way that the vast majority of uh, enforcement agencies just don't find it worth going after you. However, I mean, you know, my, the most recent transaction I made was buying I Like Pumpkins through uh, by Jerry Smath off of uh, uh, Amazon <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> for my three and a half year I old like pumpkins too, Mark. through spendbitcoins.com. And Jack really, really loves that book. Um, nice. It just makes him crazy. So, you know, the, the there are different. I, I have never bought anything with bitcoins. Well, uh, spinbitcoins.com is a really great time for everything, though. (laughs) Makes it very easy. Robert, thank you for the expertise in this area. I appreciate the call. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I would just suggest if if you're curious about this, I think if you search for Bitcoin anonymity, you'll actually find links to the the Dublin paper. And they even did some stuff talking about one of the recent thefts. Uh, You know, some people have had their coins stolen, usually due to poor information security. Mm. And... They yeah, get I'd into, love to hear about they draw that. some pictures about what you can learn about who did what when, uh, just because you've ever traded with somebody. So that would be my suggestion for anybody who's thinking about jumping into this stuff. Very good. Thanks a lot. It's always Thank nice you. to have somebody who knows what they're talking about. You're right. Unlike <laughs> us. 855-450-3733. You know, one, one can't be an expert on everything. I try really hard to it's, learn about as much. I like. I'm, I think I'm a curious person, but I definitely don't know everything. It's all you can sure. be in this business is a jack of all trades, as it were. Um, I, uh, you know, really, you can't you can't be an expert in everything. Um, you can only be interested and learning, and that's what everybody is. Even the experts, hopefully, are interested in learning and <laughs> learning new things. It uh, sounded like Robert knew a great deal about uh, you know, sort of security on the internet, and and that's you know it's something if you're going to buy and sell and sort of you know gray market and black market things on the internet, you're going to really need to know about uh, security. I assume those guys that are running the Silk Road through Tor understand that because I've never used Tor and I understand it has something to do with anonymity, but you know I. It just doesn't matter to me. I yeah. mean, you know, when it comes down to buying I Like Pumpkins by Jerry Smath, I don't care if the government knows. <laughs> well, someday... Come and get me. Someday I Like Pumpkins might be criminalized, Mark, and then, then you'll be need to know how to get on tour. It could be. That's the thing I see value in about those things, is that someday something that I like is going to be criminalized. Slows them down. 855-840-3733. Free Talk Live. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. 
A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call in line. 855-450-3733. Doing that DJ thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's great, Mark. It's, I love it. <laughs> thank you, Stephanie. Thank you very much. Real quick, let's talk about uh, preparedness. Um, you know, all kinds of destabilizing events are happening around the world, whether it's unemployment, food shortages, natural disasters. That's just to name a few. One of my concerns is inflation. I know that food now is going to be less costly as far as time and labor. Uh, you know, we're, for, forget the dollars and cents of it. It's going to be less costly in time and labor than it will be in the future. So for my preparation, I've chosen wisefoodstorage.com. Wisefoodstorage.com has delicious ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna, savory stroganoff, and a huge variety that are packaged for freshness in individual metal mylar pouches. And they carry a 25-year shelf life. They come in these plastic totes that are convenient to stack. You can put them in your basement or garage, wherever you need them for the future. They won't be set upon by rodents or the you know flooding or anything because they're in these – airtight metal mylar pouches so they're safe for when you do them you can visit wisefoodstorage.com and get a free entree sample use coupon code ftl and they'll get you a free sample it's at wisefoodstorage.com or call 855 foodwise you can also use that coupon code ftl for uh, no cost shipping on any order it's Excuse me, wisefoodstorage.com, 855-FOODWISE. Peace of mind, the greatest gift you can give the ones that you love, wisefoodstorage.com. Let's go to Kelvin in Colorado. Kelvin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Good evening, Mark and Stephanie. Hi, Kelvin. Hey, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm talking about this uh, Bitcoin or, or, or other what they refer to as cryptocurrencies. Uh, something important about that anonymity, even if you're not going to be, uh, you know, buying heroin on the Silk Road or whatever, uh, I think the concept of the currency that the government does not control, you know, that's a major power sure. thing for the government to have control of. Uh, at some point, uh, once it starts to take off, they're going to make it illegal. And if you're going to continue to participate in this as a, you know, act of civil disobedience or or freedom, or or whatever, or just use uh, up your remaining bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you'll probably know what's coming before it. Uh, Could it very is. well, but, yeah. Uh, so there's another reason why anonymity uh, is important, and that's the same thing with the email. I I just cannot understand why uh, encrypted email has just not caught caught on. Because regular emails you send, they're like sending a postcard. Uh, it's and people will send all kinds of sensitive stuff through. Through email, uh, unencrypted, 
Well, to some extent, there's the the noise factor um, that it would be very difficult for sort of the nefarious folks to uh, to get a hold of, say, credit card information through email or something like that. The government could probably get your credit card information if it wanted it. So I'm not really concerned with it uh, getting it. And then sort of the individual hacksaws or whatever trying to get your stuff. I don't think that they could even call through it. I think it's good for people to know about these things, right? So that if they want to, based on their comfort level. You know, they can adjust their behavior. I agree. Kelvin? Okay. And uh, let's see, another thing I wanted to mention was, uh, uh, Stephanie, I thought your explanation of the asymptomic topic was uh, was pretty good. I would like to give just a slightly more concrete uh, explanation of that. It's, uh, Please. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, the idea of, uh, say you start eight feet away from a wall and... You walk four feet, so now you're half the distance away from the wall. Mm -hmm. And then you walk again so that you're half the distance to the wall, which would be two feet. Two feet, yeah, I see. again at half the distance. Now you're at one One foot. foot, So you keep on doing that forever. You will never actually touch the wall. (laughs) But the the asymptote is, you know, the wall. Uh, it's also the like the concept of a limit in in calculus. But gotcha. anyway, that's the, that's the idea of it's ever approaching this a certain value, but it never quite exactly reaches it. Uh, anyway, so cool. I'm sure everybody. Thanks for the math lesson, Kelvin. We appreciate that. Did not care at all about that at all. But anyway, so no, I think you know, Kelvin. I think that's an important concept to know because it like it actually does have practical applications. Like a lot of people say the stuff that they learn in government school and math class, they'll never think about again. But that that concept in particular, it is useful for understanding, for instance, like the way that bitcoins are generated and how fast they're being generated and lots of other things, too. That's uh, true, particularly if you're in some sort of technical field. But mm-hmm. Joe Sixpack probably doesn't, be, doesn't know or care. Yeah, am I Joe Sixpack? Because I, I certainly don't know. Uh, what an asymptote (laughs) I was so ready to dump you Stephanie (laughs) and I mean in the radio sense 855-450-3733 Kelvin you got anything else for us Uh, yes I did actually Uh, so I went uh, out waving Ron Paul signs on Tuesday night the first time I've ever done anything remotely like that in my life Uh, I'm not a uh, one of these extroverted people that would be out there waving signs and such. Uh, and I noticed that uh, at the peak, it was uh, about 25 people out there doing it, and they were almost exclusively uh, college-age uh, males. And mm. so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I noticed I was out doing the same thing, um, and I noticed a lot of the responses seemed to be from uh, young males, and then from older couples. Um, it was very interesting, sort of, uh, uh, you know, two groups that uh, seem, uh, you know, I saw a lot of, I, I guess I saw a lot in, in all different demographics because I was out there for three hours and got lots of responses, but I definitely saw that young males were were into Ron Paul. Hmm. Okay. So so yesterday, I went to uh, caucus training for, for Ron Paul, and there, there were about 100 people in the room, and I got the impression that was about twice as many as expected. And uh, these were mostly middle-aged people, and about 20% of them were uh, college-age women who were actually mostly attractive for some reason. Uh, 
Anyway, never uh, ceases to surprise. So, Kelvin, what do you learn at caucus training? Like, what does that mean? Well, it was kind of you know they talk about you never really want to see sausage being made and the making of laws is kind of like the making of sausage. Mm. Well, the election process is the same thing. I was appalled. Uh, mm. I have heard on this show a few times people calling in trying to explain this this process, and I don't at this point don't totally understand it even having the class, but we're going to go through it a few more times. We're going to have a mock caucus so everybody understands what they're supposed to do. But basically, wow. there is no, there's not a, it's not a direct uh, popular vote kind of kind of thing, at least where where I'm at. Uh, they've, they divided the county up into precincts, and then from that precinct, you, you try to get, uh, be the one that gets elected, you go around and actually solicit for people to vote for you, and then you go on to this to this caucus process and try to get selected to be the person that represents your uh, I'm, I'm sorry your uh, your district, and then it it's like uh, wow, that sounds really there, convoluted. There's, there are a bunch of places to, for things to get derailed every step along the way, and it's a, yeah. a minefield you have to walk. And uh, so, anyway, it's it's very intriguing. And so, Calvin, how did, I want to know how you enjoyed the sign waving and how you enjoyed the caucus training. Like, what? How did you feel afterwards? <laughs> did you like it? Well, it was uh, it was really exciting, and you get all you know jazzed up about, oh, Ron Paul, this is awesome, and boy, look at all these people here and how they're excited and dedicated, and, you know, we know we have more energy than all these other guys, and that's really our advantage, and we're going to, you know, do well. Uh, and, and so that was how I came away from my uh, caucus training. Plus, I got a bunch of swag that I'm going to, you know, hand out and give to other people that I know are into Ron Paul, who will get pass it on. Uh, so that was that was cool. And the slide waving thing was weird, because it was done basically at night. It's dark here during the commute Evening. right now. Sure. And so so we're all out there at this uh, intersection and holding all these signs up and signs made out of bed sheets and everything else, and you could hardly read the signs. <laughs> and there would be people, like when the, uh, the crosswalk sign would turn on, so a couple of people would walk through the crosswalk holding the, That's hilarious. You know, the, the sign up as you in front of the people and all that. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, wow, this could be, you know, so much better. And I decided that I think my efforts or my talents could be a lot better utilized in things like, you know, coming up with some illuminated signs hmm. and maybe some flashing LED things so that our people don't get run over while they're... You that know, sounds important. I, I think that's yeah, definitely an important so. thing to work with. Kelvin, thanks for the call. You can give us a call at 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live's live Sunday edition, 855-450-FREE. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keen. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keen has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Diabetes Breakthrough. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. You can give us a call. 
about anything you want to talk about at 855-450-3733. Check out freetalklive.com where we have archives for you. Archives going back to 2006, completely free. Hours and hours, I mean, hundreds, thousands of hours, maybe tens of thousands of hours of Free Talk Live, completely free. I know those other guys charge you. Free Talk Live, not so much. Uh, you can, if, if you feel grateful, you can always uh, get involved in the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. It's where uh, you voluntarily join up to our little Mouseketeer Club and we get a couple of perks. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Aaron in Kansas City. Aaron, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, Mark and Steph- Stephanie. It's a pleasure to speak to the two of you. You too. Um, mm-hmm. Thank if you. Don't, if you don't mind me digressing real quick, like I'm coming up to the Liberty Conference, and uh, after, but I'm not going home until the 29th. Okay. And I was just wondering if there was an email address on somebody who'd be good to contact on what's the best areas of Keen to explore and maybe do a little bit of low, relatively low-risk activism. I would say that uh, I would get in t- contact with, uh, with with Ian um, or JJ. Yeah, maybe post on the Shire Society forum. That's probably a good idea. That would be – Ian reads those. So, um, yeah, that would be great. Um, ShireSociety.org, is that right? Uh, dot com, I want to uh, say. I don't know. Yeah. Search for Shire Society Forum and you'll find it. But, uh, you know, um, so Aaron, you were just to clarify for the listeners who might not be aware, Aaron was talking about the Free State Project's Liberty Forum, which is kind of a convention that's held in a hotel in New Hampshire in the middle of February so that people can see what it's like maybe in the winter or early spring and uh, just experience New Hampshire. And But for me, the best part is meeting people. And, you know, doing the kind of social activities that happen at those events. And I think um, Aaron might be eager to do a little bit more of that even after Liberty Forum ends. And I think that's great because a lot of people will probably be staying in town. So anything else to add, Aaron? Um, uh, well, just on to my main point, I'm still having difficulty with uh, IP, intellectual property rights. Okay. Um, I called the two of you. Um, I don't know, about two months ago, and you recommended that I read Against Intellectual Property, um, uh, Arthur Wojcik's case me at the moment. Stefan Kinsella. uh, Kinsella. We actually interviewed him on the program a while back. Yeah. Um, And that led me to reading a bunch of other things. And it's, it's still something I have problems with because in a way I see it as someone that's profiting off of someone else's labor without compensating for it in a mutually agreeable way, and um, to me, it smacks just a little bit of slavery. Well, they they voluntarily go. They voluntarily do whatever work they do, and they hope to get compensated in whatever way they hope to get compensated. I mean. You know, I mean, think about this for a second. Free Talk Live produces all of its content for free, and we give it away. Are we the slaves to our, of our listeners? No, because you choose to give it away. But right. if somebody else chooses to charge for something, and you don't pay what they are asking for, and you use it anyways, um, that's, to me, something that's, that's strikes me as immoral. And, and, it, and it's, like I said, it's just something I have a hard time with. Well, I mean, are you using something that is depriving another person? The audio, by the way, is awesome. Whatever you got going on back there. <laughs> He's in a bar. He's like clinking glasses and driving a car through the middle of the bar. But <laughs> you know, I'm driving a semi-truck. I'm sorry about the background it's noise. All right. No problem. <laughs> so so the, I, my, my headset I, used to work really well, but for some reason two weeks ago the noise canceled and it just stopped working, so i got to find a new one. There you go. 
the wonders of modern conveniences. So um, you do understand the difference between uh, sharing and you know online and sort of stealing some someone's intellectual property. Your concern is is that if somebody creates something, that they should profit from it every time. There's and, a huge difference well, between. Right, I got that. Right. Sure. But my question to you is, do I have a responsibility of security to that person? I mean, to me, if you want to keep something secret, if you want to write a song and only sell it to the people that you sell it to, and you contract with those people that those people will not uh, duplicate your song in any way, shape, or form, or whatever, you, you have some kind of contract with them, then yeah, that's... I think that that's absolutely something you should be able to do. And if they, if they, you know, decide to let your song out or whatever, they breach the contract, go back, hunt down your customer, and sue the crap out of your customer. Just sue them into the dirt. But <laughs> if you release something out there and then say, hey, if you're going to use this song, um, you know, to listen to on your way to work or whatever, you need to pay me. I don't know that I've got a responsibility if I hear a song. Um, I mean, what if I hum it to myself? Do I have to pay you then? Yeah, it creates all kinds of weird um, scenarios. And I think maybe some undue obligations on the user of the product. And, you know, I think there's a huge difference between, you know, enjoying a movie or a piece of music or some kind of other thing that people might describe as so-called intellectual property. There's a difference between using something without paying for it and passing it off as your own. Does that make sense? And in, in, the fir in the first case, when someone is using something without having paid for it, I think that it's not depriving anybody of anything if there's unlimited copies, like if it's some kind of digital thing uh, that if one person uses it, it's not going to it's not it's not like you're stealing a car from someone and that person can't use it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good point. But what about if say I write a book and then you start copying that book and selling it for you to make a profit? Well, are you passing it off as and, as a book that you right. wrote cuz that would be fraud and that would be, you know, something well, that No, no, you're passing it off as a book I wrote and you're profiting from my reputation and my writing okay. as a book. Okay. This is an important uh, distinction. Right. Uh, yeah. Great. I'm glad you brought this up because if I write a book um and then you take my book and then you put your cover on it and you sell it as your book, you've committed fraud on the person purchasing the book. And then I could find yeah, all those people I could find all those people oh, oh, oh. that purchased the book that you, my book that you sold as your book, and then we could bring a class action suit against you. But what I'm saying is, I don't put my name on it. I, should, I, I duplicate it exactly, put your name on it, sell it, and keep all the profits for myself. You know, um, I guess that's one thing that's. But that's not that's not my I'm book. From your labor how could? And but how have you, you? But have you deprived you... the person? Have you deprived the original author of anything? No, oh, I don't think you have. You added... um, well, no. Well, no, not necessarily, said. because you don't know that any of those people who purchased the book from the second, from the middleman or the second person or whatever, would have purchased it from the original author. Well, author, oh, there's no second. way to know if that. If I say authorized copy on the couple, uh, the front of my book, and you copy a book that says authorized copy, um, and then it's not an authorized copy, you've committed fraud against the person who is purchasing that book. Now we're not talking about online. Sure, but not everybody does that. Not everybody puts authorized copy I don't on think it. Right? Anybody's done that. Well, yeah. it, they may very well in a world where authorized copy is the only uh, defense Maybe. you have against but, this. But you know, kind of for thing. for a lot of artists, for a lot of people who produce books, movies, music, that kind of content, 
they are so happy to get their content into the hands of other people. Then they and can usually do whatever they want. it ends that's, up that's coming addre- back to them. It's some- not addressing in any way, shape, or form what Aaron's talking about. I mean, he's talking about his concern is fraud, and this is fraud. If you duplicate somebody's work and pass it off as your own, you don't give them credit for it, then you're talking about a fraud situation. However, if you're talking about a, um, you know, if you're talking about me wanting to hear Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne and uh, you know downloading it on the internet, I haven't committed fraud against anybody yeah those are some good points thanks for helping me out um other than that, I don't have any other questions at the moment. Yeah. I'll see you all in February. Yeah, Thanks, is, Aaron. These are very fine to points, you. Aaron, and I don't expect uh, anybody to you know get them immediately. I certainly didn't. Thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. Thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate <laughs> sure. you knowing how to work the little gizmos and buttons around this place. <laughs> There's a reason you keep me around. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I, I get stuck on the um, the aspects of uh, sharing things when it comes down to making money. And Aaron was talking about um, making money. If somebody's running, say, a karaoke business in uh, little Poughkeepsie, New York, and they're not making you know making a couple of bucks doing this, they're doing it for free drinks at the bar. Mm-hmm. Should they have to pay some kind of ASCAP BMI fees for people wanting to Ugh. sing some of their favorite songs? I don't think anybody should have to pay these ASCAP BMI fees. I think it's, it's really arguable scam. that they shouldn't have to do that, yeah. and that the music industry really was a monopoly for the very, you know essentially well cartel for a very long time. Luckily, that business model is going by the wayside. I think that you know people recognize that they are not enjoying being sued by the their, the companies suing their customers. Yeah. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855 453. It's the SACL toll free call in line, 855 450 3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live, 855 450 3733. Let me tell you about the Erickson Council. It's a very interesting idea. What they believe is well, the state owns the land, but they don't own the water. And this seems obvious, right? Like uh, countries are places you know there's a certain amount of the water they'll claim a little bit around their their land but mostly they're concerned about what goes on in their land to be free today you'd need a boat and not just any boat you'd need a life yacht life yacht is an it's an idea still it's a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water generates its own power grows its own food and has a shallow draft to be able to get a four-wheel drive car or suv on and offshore through like a boat ramp or something like that. With uh, a life yacht, you could live free of nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. It'd move anytime you want. 
take all your things with you, never have any of the, the loss of buying and selling a house as you do with real estate, you can be involved for as little as $1,000. And it goes into escrow if the uh, if for whatever reason their their idea doesn't entirely pan out. It's it's an escrow. It, it hasn't actually been spent. And the commitment of as little as eight months for a, uh, you know a husband wife couple. It's EricksonCouncil.com. Go check them out. It's EricksonCouncil.com. Let me spell that for you: E R I C S S O N Council.com. And I'm very excited about their um, ideas. I like all new ideas that um, you know try to improve the life of people that care about liberty. EricksonCouncil.com. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Let's go with uh, Matthew. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, hey. Uh, how you doing, Mark? Good. What's on uh, your mind? Stephanie, um, Yeah. Oh, well, first of all, I'm very excited about the Liberty uh, Forum, but uh, I'm going to talk about um, something. Um so I bought this. Um, I bought this chair, right? Um, from this from this craftsman. He makes uh, he makes great chairs. Um, and um, but you know he sold it to me on on the condition that um, that only I would would use this chair. That uh, that no one else would use it. And um, uh, I, I get the friend. feeling this isn't a real story. Yeah, this might be a parable. Chair. Go ahead. <laughs> What are you What are you talking about? I have this friend. I'm friend who comes over, and um, he comes over every day, and he he sits in this like one of a kind chair. It's just it's one of the best. It's very comfortable, and um, he he comes and he sits in it every day. And I just I, I get this feeling like some, something bad is um, is happening. Like like he shouldn't be doing this because. Um, I because I feel like the craftsman should be uh, should be compensated for my friend uh, friend enjoying this chair and I don't I don't know I feel awful what what do you guys think Well it sounds like uh, you're trying to give an intellectual property parable <laughs> Yes and, uh, I like you know, it I I've... I think you should sit on your friend's lap and then you can say that you're using the chair too Okay I'll I'll, I'll... I'll try that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that most people that are concerned about intellectual property are less concerned with the usage. I, obviously, ASCAP, BMI, the music companies, they're all concerned about usage. And I think that it's crazy to sue your customers and people that enjoy your um, enjoy your music. Just because I don't oh, yeah. download a song and listen to it doesn't mean I was ever going to go out and buy the CD. But it may very well mean that I find that it, you know a good idea to go out and buy the you know the single or something from Amazon free talk or excuse or me uh, shop dot dot com through Amazon. But you know those are that that it, it just depends. I think you need to not um, infuriate your customers. Mostly, what IP people are concerned with is the resale of things. Uh, people that are concerned with intellectual property seem to be concerned with the resale. And if this craftsman said, look. Right. I'm willing to sell you this chair, but you're never allowed to sell it to anybody else. I guess that's a contract that you had with the craftsman. It sounds a little strange, but it, it's a contract you yeah. had with them, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. See, the problem with uh, with, with the modern you know law is that uh, it, it's not uh, there. There is no contract, uh, you know, with that right. original sure. original producer. If, if there was, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. With that being honored, actually. So. Yep, this is uh, this yeah. is the road that intellectual property takes one down. Um, well, it, and you know the other thing about this is that you know a chair is a physical good, and so 
it's pretty difficult for two people to have a chair. Like, like if your friend comes over to your house and takes that chair that you purchased and brings it back to his house, then you can't both have the chair in your house, right? But for yeah. for a file or for something digital, if if someone makes a copy of an MP3, it doesn't deprive the first person of their copy, you know. So in that way, it's it's not the same as theft, or it's not the same as like more than one person could use something at once. Okay. Um, so one one other question um, on on this um, on this note. Um, say say uh, it, it's kind of a little different, but on um, on breach of contract, um, say for something like um, uh, I don't know uh, something like this chair example. Um, what what would be a just uh, consequence? Like how how far could you go uh, uh, with that? Have it have it be like have it be ethical? I mean, what right when what when the music that? companies will go after somebody, they'll go after them for hundreds of thousands of dollars per download or tens of thousands of dollars per download, depending on the the case. And it's ridiculous. You know, yeah. you'll never use that kind of money. And I don't I'm think. I'm talking about in our in our ideal, you know. Right, and and I'm I'm addressing, you know, I'm attempting to address that. Oh, you yes. know, what what is ethical in sort of the breach of contract situation? And I think that it should be written into the contract. If you breach this contract, you're subject to you know whatever thousands of dollars or you know bitcoins or whatever it is that this person wants to put in their ridiculous contract, and then the person can choose whether or not they want to sign that silly document and uh, enter into that silly contract. I, I don't know. I mean, just to play devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. contracts are usually heavily weighted in favor of the person who writes the contract. Absolutely. And they're often difficult to read. People, especially like this is notorious with um, software and user license agreements, People will just click accept without reading it. Absolutely. And they'll end up and agreeing remember, to ridiculous things. they live in a country things. where they passed 40,000 laws last year. Yeah. That nobody read. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we, we, you know, you're not talking about a situation at this point that is any worse than what we currently have. But at the very least, you know, you didn't click and sign um, that particular thing. And I think that once people experience purchasing a chair with a ten page contract to it written in such small uh you know i would choose to buy a different chair that didn't have one what yeah. <laughs> i'm thinking too is that it would drive down the pages and uh, uh you know I, I think it would drive intellectual property down to a reasonable because i believe that but intellectual right now, property exists i think that it exists i however don't think that it exists in the form that the government claims because this is just an essentially arbitrary thoughts that well, somebody's written that's down. exactly the thing mark is right now everybody by default is subject to the rules of intellectual property that the government claims, right? And if we didn't have those rules made by the government, then there could be all different kinds of agreements like the 10-page contract to buy the chair that probably no one would buy, and and the market would flush it out on its own. Matthew, thank thank you for the call. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. 
Talk Live, 855-453. Sacred toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. In the meantime, we do some uh, talking about, well, issues that seem important to us. Stephanie, sounds like the politicians have a bright new idea. Uh-oh. That's always trouble. Yeah, yeah. you got to wonder. They do, and this is, you know... We don't always talk about proposed regulations or proposed stuff, but I thought this one was worth sharing. It's from Fox News, and uh, this, the headline is D.C. lawmakers propose requiring students to apply to college. And this leads into an, a discussion, of course, of about college and, and uh, educational issues, yeah, shall we say. People will say that, uh, that college tuition, excuse me, college tuition is the next uh, bubble that's uh, to come along here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at co- the rates of college tuition, they're going up, up, up. And if you made every student apply, then it would probably just drive the rates up higher, huh? Just kind of increase that bubble. Yeah, you would think that. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the article. Lawmakers in the nation's capital have floated a plan to require high school students to apply to college or trade school, even if the students have no interest in attending The proposal is a bid to ensure students in the troubled Washington, D.C. school system at least have the know-how to navigate the admissions process. Now, to me, i got to stop down here. They have this crappy school system, government school system, in uh, Washington, D.C., You know, and it fails to educate students enough that they would be able to uh, apply for a school. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. I mean, I shouldn't say it's crappy. I should say that it, it doesn't achieve its stated goals, right, of graduating literate students who have learned basic skills that they need to go on to more education or to get along in life, basically. According to studies, uh, public school graduates, on average, are 20% of them are functionally illiterate. And in some districts, I would say Washington, D.C. would probably have some of those districts. You're talking up to 40%. Now, you know, people are always worried that if you had a free market in education – what would happen and how people how many people would be yeah, illiterate. people wouldn't be able to read oh my god i mean what how much worse could it get than an average of 20 percent and high, as high as 40 percent yes and i think it's also important to point out that this disproportionately affects minorities and yeah, sure. I, that's that's really unfortunate to me so um anyway and in countries where uh you know they make far less than they do in the united states people will send their kids to private schools because they know Yep. That that's the way for them to get ahead in life. Um, yeah. they'll they'll figure out some way to make it the you know they'll they'll work at the private school. They'll do whatever it takes to make these things happen. Yeah. So the proposal is a bid to ensure students in the troubled Washington D.C. school system at least have the know-how to navigate the admissions process. D.C. Council Chairman. Kwame Brown, who introduced the bill, said the proposal would establish a mandatory workshop to teach teenagers how to apply for aid and admission. It would then require everybody to apply to at least one post-secondary school before graduation. So it teaches them how to apply for financial aid. I guess that's what from the government, like Pell Grants and sure. stuff like that. And the thing about this that Usually nobody they have mentions some, uh, some counselor that'll help you with that anyway. So I don't know why you have to go through the process of making every student do it when yeah. you can just have a person available to help people do, uh, fill it out if that's what they needed. Well, and another thing about like college loans, computer. the ones that come from the federal government, like as time has gone on, more of the loans for college, like tuition has increased, right? And that keeps people out. But then the government says, well, we'll give loans to people to go to college. And so we're helping people get into college. But actually, if you've ever had any kind of drug conviction, you are not eligible to get federal college loans. And so it ends up keeping people who have, 
you know, maybe made a mistake, maybe not, just been caught basically possessing a plant, usually it's marijuana, uh, keeps them from going to college if they can't afford it on their own. Yeah, it, it's the you know the drug war certainly uh, targets minorities on a much larger scale than it does. Uh, oh yeah, of course those cops are going after you know racial minorities. It's it's blatantly obvious from the amount of people who are in prison. If you just look at the demographics, you know, white kids use drugs just as much as black and Hispanic kids, but it just seems like the white kids don't. The really biggest get... disparity is if you look at um, programs like drug court programs, where it's sort of supposed to mitigate the effect of being convicted of having a small amount of drugs Mm -hmm. those programs are chucked full of white kids and they're you know the the minorities are disproportionately low in those programs is that because the white kids are like offered the opportunity to go into this they're given the opportunity whereas minority kids aren't given the opportunity wow you know yeah i mean the discrimination is most blatantly obvious is pretty blatant and and i just think it's so unfortunate now i don't think that i to me, there's no victim. If somebody is possessing a plant or a substance, maybe they need some help. Maybe not, but maybe they do. Um, but it certainly should not be criminalized. Right. I don't think I don't everybody see... with a beer is an alcoholic. No, for sure. In no the same way. way, I don't think everybody with a joint is a marijuana addict or everybody with a uh, syringe would necessarily be a heroin addict. I think it's a much larger chance. Heroin's much more addictive. Well, maybe substance. they have diabetes or something. Uh, well, Either it wouldn't be. Injecting I, insulin. <laughs> whatever it is that they've got. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But to the point, I mean, it criminalizing drugs doesn't help it anybody. It, it hasn't worked and it doesn't help anybody to punish them, to shame them, to beat them into good behavior. I mean, that that hasn't worked since the beginning of the drug war 40 years ago, and it's continuing to not work. And as a result, now the U.S. has one of the highest percentages of the population incarcer- the incarcerated, the highest, yeah, yeah higher than China. You know, people right, always, talk about always talk about human rights abuses in China. And there are there are human rights abuses sure. there for sure. But in the U.S., I don't think people realize the sheer people number of people about the human rights abuses in, in the United States. They look around themselves and they say, my world is fine. What's the big deal? Yeah. And they think a lot of them probably think it won't happen to me because I'm older or I'm white or whatever, you know, and and they're probably right. Yeah. And uh, that's that's unfortunate. I don't want to yeah. see anybody go to jail, but it's, it's especially bad when it's for a victimless drug offense and it's disproportionately affecting certain races. And that's that's not OK to me. So um, it says in this article, just to continue on um, about the mandatory workshops that teach teenagers how to apply for college aid and admission. Uh, the sponsor says, I believe every child should have the opportunity, even if they don't go to at least apply to a college, said the uh Uh, said the person who introduced the bill. It would also require every high school student to take the SAT or ACT. Now, they they just love to test kids, right? And Mm -hmm. there are fees for these tests also. Oh, yes. I think you can get them waived if you prove that you're poor, but then you have to... Uh, tell the government your financial information, right? And, or the uh, school. You know, 60 Minutes just had a special on uh, how you could. Uh, this guy would take uh, the SAT for you for uh, several hundred dollars. So you know, essentially kids that had <laughs> oh, the wow. money and the connections would be able to get <sighs> close to 1,600 um, SAT scores, which wow. is near the top. Because this kid could take it for them, whereas, you know, that's not going to be available to the kids with less money, you know, less connected. I've taken a lot of tests in my life as someone who went to, you know, through high school, through college, and now in medical school or graduate school. I've taken a lot of these standardized tests. I've taken a lot of tests, too, and none of them has ever paid me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've gotten paid for the 
taking the test. No, no you don't. You take a lot of tests. You don't get paid for it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the teachers, uh, people that get paid to tell you what to do, which is a strange uh, business uh, model yeah, anyway, yeah. love to test. And I just, you know, what's well, but the teachers don't want to do take tests it? of their own abilities, though. They like teachers unions strongly resist being evaluated on their teaching abilities or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, or having the students take tests um, that sh- that reflect on the teacher. But anyway, aside from that, I've taken a lot of standardized tests in my life. And what I can what I think about them is that they show how good you are at taking a test and yep. taking that particular test. I think they will show some kind of knowledge about the subject matter. Right. But, but I don't think that they're as indicative as they're intended to be. But, yeah, it, it's just such a messed up system, though, because people really want to get good scores on these tests because they feel a lot of pressure to get into good colleges and mm-hmm. or med schools or, or law school. Maybe there's LSAT. Right. And and so there's a whole industry based around test preparation. Sure. And it teaches you how to be good at taking the particular test. It teaches you the rules of the test, how to kind of use the rules to your advantage and sure. game the system. Yep. It teaches you subjects that you're going to see on the test. And it's not about how much you know or how competent you are at applying that knowledge. It's about how much you've basically prepared for that test. Well, I think that one can make the argument that preparing for the test means preparing for life, and preparing for people who are prepared for life are going to do better. Not much of the stuff that was on the MCAT ever showed up in medical school. Almost nothing. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Eight fifty-five, four fifty-three. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here. The final segment of the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. You can give us a call at eight five five four five zero three seven three three. We'll try our darndest to get you squeezed in here. It's Mark and Stephanie. And uh, you know, if you like what you hear from Free Talk Live and you want to uh, support us. One of the ways you can go about doing that is shop.freetalklive.com. If you do shopping online through Amazon, or um, you can go through shop.freetalklive.com, do your spending there. Bitcoin is also another one uh, that we have there at shop.freetalklive.com. And your purchases, which uh, you know the same great prices, same great service that you normally get, a little bit of it will go back to Free Talk Live. It's shop.freetalklive.com. Stephanie, we were talking about uh, some politicians' great ideas to make everybody sign up for college and uh, kind of got on to, you know, the the idea of standardized testing and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And, well, I mean, I, I just wanted to make one more comment about this article, and that is that, you know, I think it would be great if everybody did have the opportunity to go to college. Like, that, it can be awesome, you know, you can learn everybody a skill. Everybody does have the opportunity to go to college. Um, most colleges well, have... It's affected by your circumstances, for sure, Every, especially if you, you know, are in this crappy government. college college courses. You can go and listen to professors right there on YouTube. That's true. There's the Khan Academy, which is awesome. You can learn a lot from that. Colleges available okay, that's to everybody. Now, it's that sh- the, the sheepskin, as they call it, which costs between, you know, 40000 and $140,000. Yeah. The education itself is something that anybody can get for themselves. Um, you know, I probably know... I've studied a great deal about history, and I probably know as much, if not more, than than you know people who've gotten degrees in history. 
about certain areas of history. Sure. Because I've chosen to study it on my own and I'm interested in that. Yep. Um, you know, I'd like to be good at economics, but frankly, I, you know, every time I get into to reading it, my my head begins to swim. I just don't <laughs> think I'm one of those guys that, uh, you know, the, the economics in one lesson is by Henry Hazlitt. Yeah, I've read that book. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's that's great. And it's easy for an individual to understand. But, it, you know, getting... it's always easier for me to think about economics when I just think of it as the science of human behavior, basically. It is that's kind of like that. praxeology, right? The whole idea of just human action, studying people's actions. But what I really wanted to say about this article about the kids being kind of forced to apply to college, it just I mean, like I, I'm all for education. I want that. But it seems like they're trying to kind of put a Band-Aid over a gaping wound. Like, you know, the the school system is bad. It's not giving this, the kids the skills that they need to go on to higher education or to have jobs or to be individual thinkers who can start their own businesses, maybe. Um, it's not teachers doing want, any of that. want nothing to do with accountability. They want, um, uh, you know, they, they don't seem to want that much. The teachers unions, not the teachers, yeah. don't seem to want that much to do with education. Frankly, there's sure. a, what, a famous quote, and I don't have the guy's name in front of me, uh, but of a, a union boss for the teachers that said, uh, you know, I'll start advocating for students as soon as they start paying union dues. Ugh, yikes. And it really just goes to show the motivation around that. And, you know, once it's, you get It's a system that's really corrupt. And, and perverse and, and it's entrenched yeah there's not it's very perverse difficult incentives. for innovation to occur in that area for a teacher to decide that i'm going to innovate in the area of education they're going to be crushed by that system yep and there's no way for them to do it it's one size fits all this is how we educate kids and we don't care what happens whatever it is we're trudging forward we're gonna we're gonna stay the course toe the line it's like george bush is in charge all this uh, we're gonna stay the course you just, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be hard yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna not be long. funny i shouldn't even laugh. freedom democracy right and, you know and and it's 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 like the well it's, it's not like going to fix want nothing to do with education yes and all of those problems that we just mentioned are not going to be fixed by forcing students to apply to college that's no. what that's really what i wanted to say about this yeah it's and dumb. and next maybe i'll save this for next week mark but i do have an article about why teachers don't like creative students i think we should save that because it's a little lengthier okay but right now just before the end of the show if we don't have any calls i'd like to read this it's a little snippet that is pretty outrageous sure it's called um indicted for feeding the whales um a marine biologist in california has been indicted for violating federal laws as they relate to marine mammals this is from technically that's illegal.com by the way a blog Um, so marine biologists indicted for violating federal laws as they relate to marine animals in this case she was accused of feeding whales then she is accused of editing a video excuse me a video (laughs) that supposedly showed her feeding the whales if she's found guilty of editing the video and thereby lying to investigators she faces a possible 20-year sentence as well as five hundred thousand dollars in fines 20 years and five, you know, half a million dollars in fines. For videoing the feeding of whales? I'm, I'm sure. I guess it's for lying to the, uh, to the cops about it. But I, really? If the cops were after me for <laughs> whale feeding and there was a video, yeah. I might very well edit the darn thing. <laughs> I mean. And then it says in the case of the feeding charges, so there's, there's separate charges for the whale feeding and for the video, I guess, or, or for lying to the cops. Each one carries a maximum one year prison sentence and $100,000 fine. So you could go to, you could go to prison for a year and pay a hundred thousand dollar fine for feeding a whale. 
Now, you know, I feed, I have a bird wow. feeder at my house, so I'm feed, feeding wild animals. That's all this person was doing, was feeding wild animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, she is a marine biologist, so it's not like she's some schmo that doesn't know what she's doing. Apparently they don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, it just it makes it makes not like wonder. she's feeding them balloons or feeding them like six packs of beer that they could choke on, you know. I think that there's a concern and it's, uh, it, it, it's pretty relevant that animals can become over time dependent on the free meals that they might get or something like that um mm-hmm. it doesn't say i don't know whether they might, was what, doing like, it all the time they might come back to the beach and get beached or scare people or something i don't know you know i don't know specifically what the problem are, is with feeding whales but it, you know animals in well, general how would she get to the whale reliant, um, and lazy yep. by you know getting fed all the time and or come around to where humans are to get fed some more which sure. uh, you know in the case of like grizzly bears that's a little scary yeah, but I mean, I mean, this article doesn't say, I wish I knew, but like, how would she find a whale to feed? I mean, was she out on a boat in the middle of the ocean? That's one thing. Or was she on the beach because the whale had washed up on the beach? Because nobody knows why whales beach. I suspect she was out. She's a marine biologist. I would think she'd have be in a boat someplace tossing mackerel. Maybe. At them. I mean, it was just a, that's, that's what came into my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, she found herself a beluga and started to toss and fish at it. I, what, what it sounds like, but who knows? <laughs> Um, <clears throat> not as cool as narwhals, but uh, you know. Oh, the, narwhals are awesome! <laughs> a big so giant cool. tooth coming out of their forehead. <laughs> <laughs> How could you go wrong? What are you going to do with that? I would feed one as an act of civil disobedience. Give it a sardine. You got to be careful of them <laughs> with that big tooth. Um, it's you know, true. Sticking out of their their head. But but I mean, this is just so out of proportion. This is just so ridiculous mm-hmm. to me. This is the kind of thing that just makes me think, like, you know, screw it. Why don't like. If they want to get you for something, they can get you for something, right? So why not spread the word and speak out about freedom whenever possible? And don't be scared about it because these kind of things are happening to everybody. And if you're worried that, you know, you could face some consequences or whatever, you get labeled as a terrorist or or you get misunderstood or whatever. I mean, this kind of thing could happen to you. You could go down for 20 years for feeding a whale. <laughs> well, I mean, in this case, we think it's for feeding whales, but it may very well be for feeding wild animals. And I, like I said, I mm. feed wild animals all the time. I've got a bird feeder and mm. I feed songbirds that come by. I like to see them. You know, I can, they sit in my window where I can see them. And there's nothing better than have a little bird uh, you know, sitting there while you're working on the computer. And that's it's really cool. They can't see you. You can see them. Um, you know, they want the, the seeds and it makes you happy. Mm. I know folks um around that feed deer why yep. i don't know exactly why they feed deer that why they would want deer because their they're property. charismatic megafauna right? they are charismatic <laughs> megafauna absolutely um if the deer decided to come over to my place and start eating on the, the garden they're going to have a problem but uh you know other than that i don't really care what they do i know that there was uh one well, we have an apple tree on my property and i know that there was one um over there uh eating the other day i happened to see him i'm yeah. not going to hassle him uh eating some old apples that are coming off of, uh, you know an apple tree that i don't mess with but uh if he's uh, off in the garden he's going to have a very bad time yeah and and you know i hear you're supposed to if you have a uh well there have been pest deer you're supposed to call the forest guy and ask if you can shoot it beforehand but everybody oh, wow. shoots it and then calls yeah yeah well, in, and, you know, there have been examples that I think have been discussed on this show in the past of people who don't secure their trash can lids tightly enough and raccoons or bears will get into them and then they'll get charged with like code violations and things like that. For having garbage because, strewn all over the place. Yeah. Or for feeding an animal that could be possibly rabid or something like that. But I mean, I've never seen a fine that was half a million dollars. That's outrageous. Or even a hundred thousand years in prison. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's just so out of control. And it's not going to get any better. <laughs> the government's not going to suddenly come to its senses and say, oh, wow, we've been a little nuts. We probably should just back <laughs> off here. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'd love to get $100,000 from this poor lady who yeah. probably, if she's a marine biologist, she's not making that kind of money. No, you don't make money <laughs> feeding, feeding the dolphins. Afraid not. Um, that That's the end of it. Uh, it's been Mark with you. And Stephanie. You can check out freetalklive.com. In the meantime, we have, uh, well... Six years worth of audio going back there for you at archives.freetalklive.com. Participate in the uh, BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com and post some stories. It's Free Talk Live. <laughs> 